take your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 18 this morning. Luke chapter 18. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. It says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which learned or which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge His own elect? which cry day and night unto Him, though He bear long with them, I tell you that He will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall He find faith on the earth. And I want to draw your attention to that last verse because this parable, it's a neat parable. You know, Jesus is constantly encouraging people to pray. He gives many parables about prayer. And we see that I mean, He wants us to seem annoying is basically what He's told us in other parables. And this parable, that hey, you know, keep on asking. I want to answer your prayers. And notice how in this parable, this woman, obviously the fact that she continually went to the judge, it showed that she had some type of expectation, didn't she? It shows that she's got enough faith to think, you know what, this guy can answer my prayers, or he can answer my request, he can give me what I want. And one of the main reasons I think people don't pray is because they don't think God can do anything. They don't have faith. And you know, whenever Christ was was walking this earth, one of the things that we see that just discouraged Him greatly was a lack of faith that people had. And one time, and whenever you would see Him get excited, it was when someone showed great faith. I mean, it excited Him. And at the end of this parable, He asks a question. He says, when the Son of Man comes, cometh, shall He find faith on the earth? And it's kind of an interesting question because... It's like he doesn't really answer that. And obviously, we know when Jesus Christ returns, there's going to be people waiting for him. There are going to be uh, people that are saved still. But yet, sometimes when you look at what's going on in the world, you start to wonder, you know, how many people are even going to be going up in the rapture? I mean, it seems like uh, we are shrinking in number for sure. And I think what we're seeing going on today is what I would want to call a spiritual disconnect. There is a huge spiritual disconnect going on. We live in a world today where everybody's wanting to be connected to everything except God. You know, today you can connect with people so easily. You know, we've all got cell phones. Some of you got cell phones in your pop your pocket and your closest friends and relatives, they could be living in different parts of the world. And in just a few seconds, you can connect with them, can't you? You can text them. You can call them. You can hear their voice. You can even see their face. You know, They've got FaceTime now that you can do on your phone. I mean, remember the Jetsons when you could see the people that you were talking to? Hey, we're in that day. I mean, we've surpassed many of the things that we see in the Jetsons. We don't have the flying cars yet, but... Uh, you know, give another ten years, maybe. But we've seen some. We've seen major things, and people are—they're very connected. If you want to be connected to, uh, I mean, you can get connected with 
famous people now. You know, you can follow them on Twitter and sometimes, you know, maybe they'll get a response from one of their fans and things like that. You know, you can connect with politicians, you know, connect with me, you know, follow me on Facebook, you know, yeah, friend me on or uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, yeah, not Facebook. Uh, you know, friend me on Twitter, all that stuff that they do to, you know, get people connected. And I mean, now too, you can get apps on your phones. You know, I just, I just got an app on one of my things. And it's supposed to tell me if the, after the Cubs game's over, who won. And it's not working right now. I'm, I don't know what's going on, but I, I want to know well, when if the Cubs win or lose. You know, they're in first place right now, and I, I'm going to say that right now. And uh, ahead of the Cardinals, I want to say that too in front of Darshan. But uh, you know, we do. We like we like to stay connected. You know, when things happen in the world. You know, yet last night, you know, I got a thing on my phone: earthquake hit. You know, there. In Ecuador, and you know things happen all over the world. We know instantly we are connected to everything. But when it comes to the spiritual things, when it comes to the things that are really important, I believe it is very clear today there is a huge spiritual disconnect going on. And I think the reasons for it are very clear. And the first reason there is a major spiritual disconnect, or if you want to be spiritually connected, okay. If you want to be in the know when it comes to things, the spiritual things, if you want to know what's going on, if you want to be able to understand the times and the day that we are living in, if you want to be able to tell why things are happening the way they are happening, you know, why, you know, when you see what's going on in politics, okay, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not surprised at anything I see going on in politics. I'm not surprised by anything I'm seeing going on in churches today amongst Christian people. I'm not surprised one bit. And I think the way we get spiritually connected so we can be in the know. Okay, and we all want to be in the know, right? Isn't that why we follow all these things? Don't you hate it, you know, when everybody's talking at work about something and you have no idea what they're talking about? Oh, did you see that you know that game last night wasn't awesome? You know, no, I didn't see it, I missed it. You know, I, you know, or everybody's got these they're all talking about T V shows or whatever, and you you do, you feel left out when you don't know what's going on. And I'm afraid there's a lot of people completely left out, completely in the dark, completely clueless when it comes to what is going on in this world spiritually. And if you want to get connected spiritually, you've got to get connected to the book. You've got to get connected to the Bible. You know, How is reading the Bible going to help me know, understand what is going on? Well, it's, it is going to help you really good. You know, My dad put a sign up in their church uh, on the sign one time. He put a message on there that said, you know, the Bible is more up-to-date than tomorrow's newspaper. And that's true. People are trying to say the Bible's outdated, but I'm telling you, it is more up-to-date than tomorrow's newspaper. The Bible tells us what is going to happen. In just a few verses, because one thing I'm seeing going on, even amongst preachers, they're seeing the, you know, the trends in the church today and the direction that everyone's going, and they're scratching their heads and they're trying to figure out what's going on, and, they, and many of them are getting discouraged. Many younger preachers, guys my age, they're seeing what's going on, and it's, it's getting them discouraged. They're starting to compromise. They're starting to go other directions because they can't seem to figure out what's going on, but the truth is, I'll tell you what's going on, exactly what the Bible says was going to happen. In 2 Thessalonians, if you turn over there in chapter 2, verse 3, you know, it says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, talking about the day of Christ, our gathering together to him, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. The Bible said that before Jesus Christ returns, there is going to be a falling away. There is going to be not a falling away from salvation, but a falling away 
from truth. The people are going to depart from the truth. It says in Second Timothy chapter four, verse two, he's talking to Timothy and he says, "Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season." Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. He said the time is going to come when they're not going to endure. Okay? Now, you don't raise your hand right now, but how many of you before, maybe you've been here in church and you felt like you had to endure the message, okay? Maybe it stepped on your toes a little bit. Maybe it wasn't what you wanted to hear. Maybe you didn't even like it, okay? Well, guess what? That's part of what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to endure sound doctrine. But guess what you can do today? Today, if you don't like Bible preaching, you can go somewhere else where they'll lighten up on you. Where they won't be so dogmatic, where they won't be so hard, where the preacher won't yell at you. You can go to church today, it's pretty common today. You know, a lot of the churches you go to, you know, they've gotten rid of the pulpit, you know, everybody, you know, the the preacher dresses down, you know, he just gets up there and walks around and maybe references the Bible and he likes to tell stories. You ever seen him do that? These preachers, they just get up there and oh man, they know how to tell stories. But they're not even Bible stories. You know what they're called? They're called fables. You know what? The Bible said that was going to happen, didn't it? That is exactly what the Bible says is going to happen. And yet, preachers today from good churches that were taught right, oh man, this isn't working. I can't get people to come and listen to preaching from the Word of God. You know, they don't like this King James Bible. They don't like to thus say it the Lord's. You know, man, Pastor so and so down the road, man, he he's the storyteller. He knows how to really entertain, man. He's got the fancy stage with the mood lighting to help with the atmosphere. They got all the cool graphics on the screens and everything. And man, he knows how to tell a story. But that's not why we're here, is it? We're here to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. And the time is going to come where people don't want that. They want to heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Tell me what I want to hear. Okay, and you know who are some of these people? Just go turn on Christian TV, and that, I mean these people—they do—they listen to what they say. They don't say anything. Okay, they do a bunch of feel-good stuff, but I mean, rarely will you see them crack open the Bible. Very rarely, because people don't want that. That is not what they're looking for. The Bible said that that was going to happen. It said there was going to be a falling away. The Bible warned of the love of many waxing cold. In Matthew chapter 24, when Jesus is describing the end of the world, He said, hey, you know, before the end comes, He's laying out all these things that are going to happen. He's talking about the wars, the famines, the earthquakes in divers places, the kingdom against kingdom. All these things, He's mentioning them. And then in verse nine, or verse 8, he said all these, talking about the earthquakes, pestilence, all that, these are just the beginning of sorrows. Verse 9, Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Oh, that would never happen. It's happening all over the world. Just because it's not happening in America, we think it's not happening, but it is. Verse 10, And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Okay? 
You all see that? Did, did Jesus not prophesy that there's going to be many false prophets arise and that they were going to deceive many? Alright, I want you to remember all these things the Bible prophesied because I'm going to make a point with it here in a little bit. But verse 12, and because iniquity shall abound, okay? There is just so much wickedness out there. It is, it's discouraging, isn't it? It can wear on you sometimes when you just go and you see the constant wickedness going on out there. But the Bible says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Alright? It's, it's going to be like that. Jesus warned of it. He warned of churches going liberal. Second Peter chapter three verse three says, "Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, and whereby the world that was then being overflowed with water perished." But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. We see here in Peter that he warned in the last days scoffers were going to come along. Okay? We are often scoffed at. We are made fun of. Those of us hardliners that you know want to stick to the book and take the Bible literally and believe every word of it, People scoff. They laugh at it. Why? The Bible says they're walking after their own lust. Now, I'm just going to tell you right now, there are things in the Bible that I don't necessarily care for. Okay? But I have to preach it anyway, don't I? we got to obey it anyway, don't we? There are things... The Bible is very clear, but yet, most people, they want to go somewhere where they're going to hear what they want to hear. And I promise you can find a place that will do that. They are all over the place. And the Bible said it was going to be that way. The Bible t- and you know, like where is the promise of His coming? Why are they bringing that? You want want to know why I want to stay true to the Word of God? Because I know Jesus is coming back one of these days, and when He does, I want Him to find me being faithful. I want Him to find me preaching the truth. But many they decide, you know what? Who knows when He's coming? Who knows if He's coming? And so let's just do our own thing. We might as well just have fun, do whatever. And I'm telling you right now, we are seeing all this take place. I mean, it is ridiculous just how bad it is getting, but yet people, they're not getting excited about it. They're getting discouraged. I'm going to tell you right now, I hope you all don't take this wrong. But when I hear about, you know, when I see the direction our country is going, when I see the way our world is going, when I see the way churches are going, I don't get discouraged. I get encouraged. I say, why would that be encouraging? Listen, I know some preachers right now, very well respected in my own circles, that are preaching some just downright heresies. And I'm not discouraged by that. I'm encouraged by that. Why is that? Because the Bible said it was going to happen. Yeah, but that's bad. But here's the thing. If the Bible says something's going to happen and it doesn't happen, we've got a big problem, don't we? Don't we have a huge problem? If the Bible says something's going to happen and it doesn't happen, shouldn't we worry then? Because and what if what if it gets part about us being saved wrong? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm glad I can count on that. But if I can't count on the other things that God said about the future, 
How do I know I can count on that too? See, all we are seeing right now, the things that we are seeing that's getting everybody discouraged is exactly what the Bible said was going to happen. So why aren't we getting excited? Why aren't we praising the Lord when we hear about churches going liberal, when we hear about people following after false doctrine? And don't take this wrong. We do care about these people. I'm sad for them. Okay, I am. When I hear about people that are going liberal, I'm sad for them. Okay, But at the same, I'm encouraged for myself. Hey, Bible was right once again. And while I am sad when people I know follow false doctrines, I'm not surprised and I'm not discouraged. If I if I was surprised, I would be a hypocrite calling myself a Bible believer. Cuz all that whenever that happens, it just means that the Bible was right again. As our world goes downhill, as our country gets more and more wicked, I don't want to see it happen. I want to, I'm trying to push back on it as much as I can. I'm trying to make a difference. I'm trying to encourage the remnant of people that are still doing right and trying to recruit more people into the kingdom of God. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm only seeing exactly what the Bible said was going to happen, and that ought to encourage us. And when everything starts looking good, when it looks like you know we're right in there with the whole world and we're in the majority, that's when we should probably be scared. You should be worried when you find yourself in the majority. You should be worried when you find yourself popular. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Listen, if I get too popular, I'm going to start checking. You know, something wrong. And listen, it's not my goal to be unpopular. I'm not. I'm not out there to be a troublemaker. I do like causing trouble sometimes because I like to watch a good conflict. But not in the church. You know, not not here. You know, out there in other places. I like you know getting kids arguing with each other. You see two brothers. You tell the older one, "Hey, your younger brother told me he could beat you up." You know, and then, I, I like that kind of thing. But uh, I, I'm not. I, I'm not a troublemaker. Okay. And so I'm not. I don't go out there every day thinking, "What can I do to make more people mad at me?" Okay, I don't have to do that. All you got to do is do right, and you're going to make some people mad at you. And we ought to try to live as much as life in you live peaceably with all men. The Bible says to do that, but it's going to be a challenge. And we ought to be worried when we're the popular ones. We ought to be worried when we're doing what everyone else is doing. I just have a rule for my life: if everyone's doing it, I don't do it. What if it's not bad? I still don't do it. <laughs> just in case. I just, it's, I've, I've always lived my life that way and it's worked pretty good so far. Just uh, do what nobody else is doing. <laughs> and uh, you know, as long as you know, try to follow the Bible. But we need to get, if we would get connected to the Scriptures, if we would study the Bible and see what it says, we would look and see what's going on and say, you know, boy, this fits perfectly. You know, when I hear about earthquakes like I did this week, I'm not happy about it. Okay, I'm sad for all the people that have gotten killed, but I'm not scared for myself. Okay, I'm encouraged. You know, the Bible said it was going to be this way. I expect to hear. I expect to hear of more. I expect to hear of famines and things. We talked about in Sunday school. This year we're all supposed to be scared of the Zika virus, right? Last year we were all supposed to be scared of Ebola. You know, they've got something every year. But you know what? One of these days. One of these things are going to really happen and we're going to have major pestilences. The Bible said that. And there's going to be a lot of people die. And people that we know are going to die. Am I going to be happy when I see a major outbreak go through this country and kill you know, thousands or millions of people? Absolutely not. But am I going to be discouraged? Is my faith going to be shaken when that happens? Absolutely not. The Bible said that kind of thing was going to happen. 
if we hear about wars, if we if we go into some major conflict and we have a major world war, I'm not going to be happy about that. But at the same time, it's not going to shake my faith one bit. That's exactly what the Bible says was going to happen. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. I mean, this is exactly what I expect that take place. I'm not sitting in a corner just you know rubbing my hands. All right, you know, bring on the earthquakes, bring on the pestilence, because you know I'm ready for the Lord to come back. I don't have to do that. It's going to happen, and I'm going to pray that you know I'm not in any of the places when the earthquakes come, and I can avoid the pestilences and all that kind of thing. But it's going, it's going to happen. And if we would get connected to the book, you know, you know what we're going to find ourselves doing. Because what can we do when all that happens? If a world war breaks out, if a major pestilence breaks out, what can you do about it? That's it. That's all you can do. And isn't that what God wants from us? That's exactly what He wants from us. He wants us to just trust Him. And you know what? If I die of Ebola or something, it was the Lord's will. And I'm going to heaven, and so I'm not going to be I'm not going to be discouraged by this. I'm not going to sit around wondering if we need to change our doctrine, wondering if I need to try a new religion, wondering if I need to give up on my faith. No, everything we're seeing happen is exactly what the Bible says is going to happen. And when you are connected to the Scriptures, you're not surprised by things that are going on. And I do. I wonder about people, especially preachers, that are so easily swayed by all the false prophets. So it's like we know that the Bible warned that false prophets were going to come, but there's no. But yeah, but that's in all the other religions, right? Not, not. A, there's no false prophets in the Baptist church, right? No. Wouldn't that be if, if we're if we're right? If we're the good ones, isn't that the first place the devil's going to send false prophets? The Baptist church. Okay, we are not exempt from false prophets. We've got them in fundamental Baptist churches, just like all the other religions do. And we, why would God do that? Listen, He gave us a book that we're supposed to follow so we would be able to sniff them out and we'd be able to you know, know that when they're there. And, but if you're disconnected from the book, you're going to fall for those things. You're going to go right along with it. So get connected to the book. And then secondly, you need to get connected to your church. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, every pastor's favorite verse. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Okay? And as we see the day of Christ approaching, as we realize because we are connected to the Scriptures that the time of His return is getting closer, we are supposed to be provoking one another to love and good works. We are supposed to be exhorting one another as we see the day approaching. Okay, If we're connected, we're going to see it coming. If we're connected to the Scriptures, we're going to understand what is going on. And when we come together, okay, it's going to help. We're going to help keep each other awake. We're going to help keep each other ready. See, our attention, it's naturally drawn to things we hear being discussed. Okay? That one of the reasons some of you maybe have gotten interested in a show, a TV show, maybe a sports team, maybe you didn't even care, but you heard everybody talking about it. And isn't that what they want you doing? That's one of the purposes of social media. They want you, you know, discussing things. They want you hashtagging things. 
because they want all your friends to see you talking about it, and then that will get them interested in it too. And it works. And look at go to Deuteronomy chapter six. I'm going to show you something in Deuteronomy that Hollywood has. They have got this passage of scripture down like you wouldn't believe. Christians aren't very good at it, but Hollywood has mastered this. They've got it figured out. But Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5, talking about the Word of God, talking about the laws of God, he says, Now shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Hollywood doesn't have that part down right. So keep reading, alright? Verse 6, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, when thou risest up. Talk about them. Everywhere you go, talk about the laws of God. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. And they shall be as frontless between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. You know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of billboards. Okay? Billboards. I mean, you know, as frontless between the eyes. Basically, what he's saying here is everywhere you look, you need to see reminders of the Word of God. Everywhere you look, you need to see a reminder for you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You need to be talking about it with your family. And you know what? Hollywood's figured that out. Right now, I mean, you can't even drink a Dr. Pepper without noticing Batman vs. Superman. Alright, Batman vs. Superman. You might not even be into superheroes, but boy, there's Batman vs. Superman stuff everywhere. I mean, I bought some Dr. Pepper this week and right there on the can, Batman. Why do they do that? Why would they pay money to do that? They want you talking about it. I got paid 50 bucks just to talk about Batman and Superman just so you all would be... No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do it. But it would have been a good idea if they'd have thought of it. You know, They want people talking about it and it gets people interested in it and then people will go and they'll pay for the movie tickets and all those things and they'll buy all the stuff and they know that if they get people talking about it, if they get people looking at it, then it's going to make people participate in that. And that's one of the reasons that we have church. We come together and we talk about the things of God. We talk about the Bible. We talk about the commandments of God. We motivate each other. We provoke people onto love and good works. And we do it even more as we see the day approaching. We see, we're trying to motivate each other. Well, what are we trying to do? We're trying to get you connected. We're trying to wake you up. We're trying to get you to have faith. And, as we talk about these things, okay, not just listening to the preaching, the preaching can help, but as you talk about it amongst yourselves as believers, it helps, it helps bring an awareness to it. Things that maybe no, you, somebody, they weren't even thinking about it before. But now they're thinking about it because it got brought to their attention. Some of the commands, the things that the Bible says that we should do, that the world's not teaching us to do, okay, we're supposed to be provoking other people to do that. They should hear us talking about that type of thing. And it will it will provoke others. But if, unfortunately, many people, they're surrounded by worldly people. And if you're surrounded by worldly people, you're going to get interested in worldly topics. And obviously, to a certain extent, we're going to be surrounded by worldly people. You know, we work jobs. You know, we go out in public. You're going to go to Walmart. You're going to see all the advertisements. And you're going to see the billboards. We are surrounded by those things. And as it's... Getting, becoming more and more powerful as the world's getting better and better at manipulating our minds through these things. There's, there's reasons that they spend millions and millions of dollars on commercials during the Super Bowl. You know why? It's because they work. It gets people to buy their products. It gets people talking about their products. And we have got to start getting 
less connected to our televisions and the internet, and we need to start getting connected to the Word of God and to the people of God. People who are talking about the right things. People who are doing the right things. We've got to get connect, get connected to your church. Okay. Hopefully, around here, we're going to be talking a lot more about the things of God than we are about movies. Okay, you know, and television and sports. Okay, you know, and I'm all for sports. You know, we were we were giving Darshan a hard time because the Cubs are doing way better than them so far this year. Way better. Uh, you know, <laughs> we have fun with that. Okay, but that's not why we're here. All right. I hope you didn't come today because you wanted to hear Brother Tommy talk about the Cubs. All right. I'm not going to do it that much because who knows which way the season's going to go, knowing their history. But. It's we're here to talk about the things of God. We've we've got to do that. Get connected. So then finally, we need to be connected to the Word of God. We need to be connected to the people of God. But we need to get connected and involved in the battle. Look at First Timothy chapter six and verse six. First Timothy chapter six and verse six. I want to read a few verses to you there. Many, there are many people out there who are saved, but unfortunately, they're not very engaged. They're not very involved in the battle. First Timothy 6.6 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into, uh, into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Unfortunately, many people are following after the things of the world and they're being drowned by these things. They're being consumed by them to where they're not involved one bit in the things that matter. Verse 10, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You get too caught up in the things of the world, you're going to err from the faith. In other words, you're going to make mistakes on your doctrine. You're going to make mistakes on how you're supposed to do things. Verse 11, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on, uh, lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Right here we see that we need to fight that good fight of faith. We need to be involved in the battle, the reason many people do not realize where we are at in our world spiritually, the real the way, the reason they're living in the same world many other people are, and they're being deceived, they're being overcome by all this wickedness, is they're not fighting the battle. So what are they? What are they doing? Well, most people's lives today are so self-centered. You know, they they literally can't see past the nose on their face. They can't see things for how they really are. They only see how things affect them. But here's the thing. When, you are, when you're out soul winning, for example, it gives you a good idea of the world we're living in. See, we all have our own little worlds that we live in. Okay? We all have our little houses uh, that we can go to where we can kind of shut ourselves out from the rest of the world. Where we can all enter into our little fantasy worlds through our television sets where we can go and watch somebody else's problems that all get dealt with in less than two hours. You know, and we can or if you are having problems, you know, their problems are way worse than yours. We do. We go into our little fantasy worlds. You know, we can play our video games. We can go and, you know, just eat our sorrows away and even drink our sorrows away and just do all the little things we do to just try to cut ourselves off 
from reality. And there are people who they are, they're, they are not involved with other people at all. They are not engaged one bit in this world. They don't talk to people. It is amazing how many people I've known that literally don't have any friends. They don't talk to anybody. I went and there were some people that had visited the church and I went over to their house to visit them and it was like the greatest thing in the world. Somebody came over to their house. They never had anybody over at their house before. They never like sat down and had a conversation with someone. And that's this generation. The older folks, you might not understand this as much because you all come from a time when people talk to each other and you all still do it. But the younger generation, they don't do that. If they communicate, it's via internet. Okay? And people are so caught up from the rest of the world, they think their problems are the worst problems in the world. And what are their problems? You know, well, they got some serious health problems. You know, they have headaches from staying up too late and drinking so much caffeine at night, and then when they go to work in the morning, they got a headache. That's their physical problems. Well, hey, go visit some people in the hospital for a while, and headaches aren't going to seem like that big of a deal. Listen, I, I go, I go to the, I've been in the hospitals quite a bit lately, and I've seen people going through some pretty tough things. Some of you in here, you've gone through some pretty tough things physically. I know it. I've visited you. I've seen it. I've heard about it. And you know what? When I'm having my little headache, I have a tough time feeling sorry for myself because I've seen what some of you all have gone through. And I feel like a wimp. Where some people, that, that is their right to be a victim. They will go try and collect, I know people that go try and collect disability. For things like that, how can you do that? They're in their own little world. They don't. They don't realize there are so many worse things out there. There's people they think they're stressed out. You know, I look at people that you know they're struggling financially. They have better jobs than I do. They have like one kid or no kids, and I'm like, I got six kids. I make less money than you. How can you be that bad off? But the truth is, in their world. They don't have enough. In their world, it's difficult. Therefore, the world's bad. Listen, when you start going, you find out what some people are going through. When you see where some people live, the things that some people have to deal with, hey, you don't feel sorry for yourself anymore. And many people today, they are so caught off, cut off from the rest of the world. They are so disconnected from the rest of the world. They, they are so consumed in their own little bubble and their own little problems and they don't realize just how it is in the world. And when you get out there and you're out knocking doors and talking to people, meeting new people all the time, when you're sowing them, when you're in church, you know, church is a great place to get to know people. And I guarantee you there's whatever problem you have, there's somebody here probably in this church that's got a problem that's worse than yours. Okay, I don't know who's worst off in here. No, no, we don't try to pick anybody. But you know, everybody wants to think they're the biggest victim in all the world, don't they? And we all but the truth is, you feel that way because you're self-centered. You're in your own little world. You need to get out more. You need to talk to people. Most Christians, they've succeeded in avoiding or ignoring the battle through the things of this world. They don't even realize what's going on. We see in our country we're losing freedoms left and right, but most people, they're ignoring it. They're not paying attention. They're not watching what's going on. They're not talking to other people. They're not seeing how other people have been affected by things. And our connection to the television, internet, social media, all these things, it has become this hiding place. And we are completely ignoring the reality that surrounds us. And the truth is, many Christians are sleeping is what's going on. 
They spiritually are sleeping. That's why they're in these worlds. They're not in church. They're not involved. They're not fighting the battle. They are spiritually sleeping. And the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 13, verse 32, He gives the parable of the steward and He commanded the porters to watch. But what did they do? He found them sleeping. So what I say unto you, I say unto you all, watch. Some Christians, they're just they're missing an action. They're completely out of church. I talk to people all the time. Go knock on their door. And yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm saved. They don't go to church. They haven't been in church in years. I'm like, why not? We need you in church. Churches need you. Churches are closing down all the time because people aren't going. And we've got these people. What are you, what are you accomplishing when you don't even go to church? What are you accomplishing when you're not praying for your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? What are you accomplishing when you're not witnessing to other people? You're accomplishing absolutely nothing. And I just want to... I wish we could do like the military does and you know get some military police to go after these people, you know, and say, All right, you deserter. All right, you know, we're gonna throw you in church prison. I know we don't have those, but uh, we need we need to get them going. If they're really saved, we need them in the battle. So you know, go you know, go ahead, wake up, take a look at what's going on on in this world. But I'm here to tell you there's nothing going on that should be worrying us. The things that we see going on in this world, if you're really a Bible believer, you should be getting excited. If you really are a Bible believer, when you see how wicked the world's getting, when you see the direction even Christians and churches are going, you know what it ought to do? It ought to motivate you to step up your game a little bit. You know what I do whenever I hear about another group, you know, maybe making a compromise? You know, I just want to stand even stronger. Because that's what the Bible says. And when he comes, I want him to find me faithful. Who you know? Who cares if you do something when everybody's doing it? The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. Okay, when they stand before him, everybody's going to do it then on Judgment Day. Well, why don't we do it now? Why don't we do it now when it's not popular? That's when we can please God. I mean, we all say we'd we'd, have been, we'd like to be a Daniel or a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But yet, when we start finding ourselves alone, that's our excuse to throw our hands up and say, I surrender and just go along with everybody else. Truth is, most of us, if we'd have been there with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we'd have been bowing the knee for the idol like everybody else. We, would have, we, would have, we wouldn't have prayed like Dan. We might have went and hid somewhere and done it. But here's, here's our chance. This is our chance. In the last days, the Bible said how it was going to be. And this is our chance to be a Daniel or a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so, why are we going to get discouraged when the world's going the way it's going, when churches are going the way they're going? Let's get motivated. Let's double our efforts. And let's just keep on staying strong so when Jesus Christ returns, He'll find us faithful and He'll be able to tell us, well done. So with that, let's all stand together.